0: hello and welcome to the aussie grand prix i'm gonna say aussie because i'm feeling aussie what a race we've just seen for australia at least it's early in the morning people are low on sleep adrenaline is high but what a race we had it was the australian grand prix it was the australian grand prix in which we saw charles leclerc extend his lead for Ferrari, Max Verstappen retire, Carlos Sainz was unlucky, he had another Mercedes on the podium, the first podium for George Russell and plenty more to talk about and we're lucky because we have two people to talk to, well as, as well as me and that is Jimmy and that is the returning Joe after a sticky situation with a dissertation the, the part timers back. <laughs> well, I
1: think just- you'll find <laughs> you missed one last year.
0: Yeah, we're even. We're even now. Mm. I've decided in the the spirit of the, the Aussie nature because I I really want to go to Melbourne after seeing that festival atmosphere. We need some Aussie names. So, obviously, I've got AJ, which sounds Aussie anyway, but we've got JC for Joe and Jimmo for Jimmy. How about that? Jimmo,
2: that sounds very Australian, doesn't it?
0: Uh, almost yeah,
2: exactly. got one of those hats yeah. with the
0: dangly bits on. <laughs> exactly. From the outback, Jimmo. Yeah, exactly. How did you find that, Jimmo?
2: Yeah, it was probably the worst race of the season so far, I would say. Um, LAUGHTER <laughs> Not to be, but that speaks a lot about the season so far, right? Yeah, not to be too too positive, but I mean, um, but the, the races. Bahrain was a brilliant race with Max and uh, Charles going at it, um, and same again in Saudi. Um, it was a bit of a shame Australia; it didn't really live up to expectations. It looked like Ferrari had the pace throughout the race, uh, and it didn't look like Red Bull were going to get anywhere close, even if Max did. Um, did finish. So so yeah, a bit of a shame uh, from that point of view. But yeah, there were some good battles sort of low down in the field, which was good as well. Um, but yeah, I think probably, yeah, not as an exciting race as I was expecting.
1: I don't think it didn't live up to expectations. I mean, I remember very early on in the race they were saying that there had been like, they were going through the previous Australian Grand Prix and there was like sort of about 15 overtakes per Grand Prix. So, I mean i think everyone expected it to be a bit dull and i think it was fine
0: so track designs had encouraged as well as the new cars and there were more battles than we're used to which meant that we were easier able to stay awake whereas it's sometimes a struggle getting up at the time that the australian grand prix is Mm. on how are you doing joe or jc sorry
1: uh well i was doing great until you called me that (laughs) um No, I think it was good. I think it was a good race. I'd say it exceeded expectations, given that it was uh, the Australian Grand Prix. Um, I mean, normally, sort of, it gets a free pass being the first race of the season and all that. We're all very excited, but it didn't have that that this time. Um, But it was was still good, so there we go.
0: OK, I'm going to have to get your ratings, because it sounds like we could have some controversy. Jimmy, not impressed. What are we going to rank it out of 10? I'm going to say a six.
1: I was expecting, I was expecting a nine or something.
0: (laughs) Um, Because of course, Joe feels that five should be average. So if you're unhappy, having it above five suggests that you're not quite giving it the score. But anyway, six seems appropriate um, because like you say, Jimmy, it's the worst of the season so far, but this season has been great out of the three races. Joe, what are we going to rank it for you? Six and a half. There you go. He pushes up that average to six and a quarter. We'll give it that <laughs> one. <laughs> it was a race of many talking points and a weekend of many talking points. But what I just want to talk about before we get into the awards, I know I know that you don't like this word, Joe, but what a vibe the Australian grom oh, was. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, do you not look at it like Melbourne way where the the crowds um, line uh, the road as the drivers walk in, and you you look at the paddock and there's so many people in there. The crowds are loving it. It's by a park with a big lake. It just looks like a great city, a great atmosphere. And yes, I'm going to use that word again. What a vibe!
1: I don't. I, I can't. You can't really get a disappointed head shake in verbal form, but there you go that if i could do that then that's what i'd do
0: for the word not the what i'm describing because surely you agree
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> am, I, am i not the only one that looks at that and thinks i want to be involved like you had ted kravitz jumping in the crowd after the race and doing a shoey out of a celtic fan shoe like yeah. what more do you need incredible in scenes i think they'd say wouldn't they incredible scenes who's
1: they
0: i don't know people who are trendy know what they're talking about oh i just i i want to go at some point so if you went fair play you you made it um i think that the, the fans made that grand prix even better um than maybe the racing did as we've already talked about because as we've said before it's not about the racing when it comes to Australia because it's not always the best. It's the energy I'm not going to use the the V word because that always gets Joe up um, I used it last night when we went for a little stroll around Birmingham City Center and Joe wasn't happy with that word because yeah. Well, per- to
1: be fair right you were using it to describe a Craig David concert I, which, you know- I was know, Craig David <laughs> well, you've been to a Craig David concert I Are think we're, we're going 90s? down <laughs> No, we are definitely not going to a I Craig David say, concert. Yeah. I, I, as Adam found out, I blame Craig David for most of the wor- world's ills, but there we go.
0: And on that note, we'll move back to the Australian <laughs> Grand Prix. Uh, <laughs> because we have some biggest winner awards to give out. And for me, there was no one that you can look at. But Charles Leclerc is his second winner of the season. He's got a 34-point lead in the championship. And he's looking good, isn't he? He's driving and behaving like the champion we all knew he was.
1: So it's not a 34-point gap, really, when you take into consideration that uh, that George Russell's not his title rival. It's more likely to be either Verstappen or Sainz, who are both even further behind. So... I think, yeah, he's uh, he's on to a good in there.
0: Unless Mercedes can get their car together, but still that's a fair gap for them. Well, even, yeah. Even if they do get it hooked up in Imola, which is unlikely. So it is looking good for Ferrari and Charlie and Jimmy... Who's your biggest winner?
2: I'm going to have to go with Leclerc um, for all the reasons that Joe said. Um, just drove a phenomenal race. And yeah, it was uh, superior to all the others. Even Max was, he was just pulling out a lead over Max. It was just incredible. So yeah, I think he, he drove an amazing race. And uh, yeah, shows his true style and uh, class
0: as well, which is, yeah. Are we unanimous, Joe?
1: I'll go no, just to be interesting. I think I would have gone with uh, who I'm going to go for now before Max retired? I think Max retiring swings it into Charles' favor, but I'm going to say McLaren just because of the massive improvement over the first two races. The fact that they, you know, they they were barely in, they didn't get the points in Bahrain, they were barely into the points in um, Jeddah, and now they're very solidly looking, uh, you know, fifth and sixth. Um, so that's a great result for them. Um, possibly good news for Mercedes as well, given that one of their customer teams can improve that much in, short space, in such a short space of time. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a really solid result for McLaren, and hopefully they can keep it up going into the next races.
0: See, I I completely agree, and it was great to see the Papaya team back in the points and fighting for just behind ferrari and red bull with mercedes and alpine but the words that lando norris kept on using in his interviews were it could be track specific yeah. so while we are pleased i don't like being the realist around joe because usually it's the other way around but we just need to bear that in mind but maybe it was that atmosphere that energy that daniel ricardo's fans brought uh that meant that McLaren could get up there. Although I sense it was more of a technical reason than an emotional reason, because we need to factor that in too. <laughs> Jimmy, That you're, you're a McLaren fan. Surely you are happy to see them back in the points.
2: Yeah, I, I am, definitely. I don't quite get it, to be honest, how they can be so terrible in the, uh, the first two races and then Lando qualify fourth. Um, which was just a, a great result. Maybe uh, they're new cars and they're trying to find the sweet spot, but, yeah, it just seems quite bizarre that it's so... Uh, it was quite stra- track-specific uh, last year, um, but this year it seems even more track-specific, um, which is, yeah, weird, but, I mean, it's great that they've um, come away with solid points
0: this, this uh, time round. I tell you what, though, Jimmy, can you remember what my bold prediction was? For the Australian Grand Prix? It was Daniel Ricciardo to finish in fifth. Top five, yeah. I was one place off, wasn't I? Yeah, but it didn't oh. happen, though, did it? So, I, a very good, you it, know, close, but not quite quite there. But, but better luck next time. Oh, I, I was gutted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was pleased at the same time to see McLaren where they should be. But they should also be in the fight with Red Bull and Ferrari, as should mercedes We need to move on because with every big winner, and there were many, there are also plenty of big losers. And I've just realised who you might go for, Joe, for this. Uh, But who are you going to go for, Jimmy? Um, I'm going to go for Verstappen, uh,
2: simply because he didn't finish. That's two times in three races. He's had a DNF. um, And it looks like he's in a very difficult position to challenge for the championship, uh, even though it's so early on. Um, if you look at um, the the gap between Leclerc and Verstappen who the main title contenders in my opinion um, it's forty six as Jay said earlier so that that 's incredible and you know Verstappen is going to have to start outperforming Leclerc consistently and quite quickly um, if he's going to have any chance of winning the title this year. Um, but we're going to have to wait
0: and see it's a long season and a lot of things can happen as we saw it last year so and of course we're going to have quite a few cars updating in Imola the first race back in Europe close to the team bases but there's going to be a lot of Ferrari support which might make it that little bit more difficult for Max Verstappen however it doesn't look good for red Bull powertrains does it in terms of reliability we know they're honda engines but they've just been branded red Bull powertrains like they used to do with the tag hoyer engines that were renault um so do you think that they're going to get a handle on this reliability jimmy
2: i think they're going to have to at some point Uh, i i have to say it's a bit bizarre that they've had so many issues because if you look at the what they've done they've basically brought honda out haven't they that's all they've essentially then brought the infrastructure, and most of their employees have carried over from Honda. Uh, they brought a few people in from Mercedes. Um, so I'm not sure why it's happened, to be honest. Yeah, just seems a bit.
1: Horner did say it wasn't, and he didn't think it was an engine issue after the race.
0: Yeah, yeah. he said that for the first race. It was a, a fuel related thing again. But there were some issues on Max's car at the beginning of the race, I, I seem to remember as well. So I wonder if they are. Struggling so much with weight that they're just taking quite critical things off the car that break towards the end of the race. Um, That could be a theory. I've had many theories that are wrong in the past and I've probably just made another one. Joe, who is your biggest loser?
1: I'll be interested to see who you thought I was going to go with, but I'm going to go with Aston Martin.
0: Yeah, I, I was thinking Sebastian Vettel, so. I was I was along the same.
1: That whole team is in shambles. Like you just watch them go around the track. And you just, oh, like I mean, you have Stroll getting involved in accidents where you don't need him to. Vettel looked off the pace. Okay, it was the first uh, race of the season, but he went off about three or four times. His car breaks down. Like just everything happening in that team is just so yeah i think they have to worry don't you yeah and they're, they're now the only um pointless team um i could say pointless they've got no points and you just watch them and you go what is the point of that um but yeah they're the only team without points so far awful start uh it seems like it's a dreadful car to drive and yeah just what what is wrong with them?
0: At what point does Lawrence Stroll take his money elsewhere? Oh wait, he's bought the team. Yeah, you can't so he can't really. Can't it's a bit it difficult, then. isn't it? Yeah, he's going to but, be losing his mind.
1: Yeah, but they've got worse with the money. Yeah, like Force India were consistently at the top of the midfield, and they get this money, and then it's gone off the They're cliff.
2: building a new factory as well, aren't they? They're, they're pumping
0: so much money into well, they, it. They need to build a new car by the looks. Yeah, of it. Yeah, forget the factory.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, it's just just depressing to. It's criminal that a car that looks that good is that slow as well.
0: Well, you know what they say in F one: if it looks good, it's usually fast. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to be the Aston Martin staff when he
2: go back to the factory and Lawrence strolls there, especially you know senior members like Martin Whitmarsh and Mike Crack. I mean, I don't think he'd be too happy, old, uh, old Lawrence... Uh, Lawrence Stroll, is it? Or, like, it's Lawrence, isn't it? Yeah. Lawrence, Lawrence Strollovitz. Because he seems quite scary when he's in a good mood, so imagine what he's like in a bad mood. I mean, I wouldn't like to make his coffee on Monday. If I get it wrong slightly, he'd have me
0: fired, I reckon. But anyway, yeah. He probably would, but do you reckon that even if he is telling people off, he's reading it off an auto cue? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he gets someone else to script his. I was going to use a, a, another word. Well, never mind. Uh, but he loves an auto key, yeah. doesn't he? <laughs> Even when he did that, um,
2: it was it 2020 when everyone was accusing him of copying Mercedes, and he was sat in that sort of shipping container. It, it looked like a bit like a hostage <laughs> neg- <laughs> hostage negotiation. He <laughs> did, and he, well, yeah, it's just hilarious. Yeah, he's not the most. I mean yeah he's a billionaire so he's incredibly successful but he doesn't seem yeah he's quite scary that's what I'm trying to
0: say absolutely right my biggest loser well it, it doesn't look as big a loser after talking about Aston Martin it's Carlisle Sainz who drives the fastest car in F1 but he was quite unlucky this weekend because his engine didn't fire up when he wanted to go out in qualifying until the last minute which meant that he couldn't really get a good lap in he started in ninth place and then he had an uh, an issue with his steering wheel which meant they had to change the steering wheel just before the start it wasn't set up quite right it went the car went into anti-stall as he started so he lost a load of places and then in the second lap trying to make up ground he went wide he span off and he got beached in the gravel not even his rallying heritage could get him out of that gravel trap and the word unlucky was used a lot about him and it feels like he doesn't really have well even though uh bonotto the ferrari boss said that the ferrari drivers are free to race with the gap that he's got um to try and catch up to Charles Leclerc, his teammate, it's not looking good, and he's going to be hurting bad. Seeing his team so happy while he feels so rubbish.
2: Yeah, you're right. It's a real shame for him. Um, getting the hard tyres, uh, these tyres so far in 2022, they're quite difficult to turn on, uh, especially the the uh, the hards. The tyres were difficult to get up to temperature, and uh, a lot of cars really struggled when they came out of the pits. Um, so yeah, if he just—it's a shame he didn't hang on a bit too much because in that situation you don't sort of overdo yourself. You know, you want to be a bit careful and overtake cars when it's easy to do so, and not sort of go off like he did. I know that's a, a cracking bit of analysis. Um, but 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 yeah, that's the crux of the matter. No, but I see where you're coming from. Exactly, I do. You just, it's like Leclerc in 2019, in Bahrain. He couldn't get the tyres working and he got passed by three or four cars, didn't he? And then he got them working and then he went on to nearly win the race if it wasn't for mechanical issues. So
0: you sometimes just need to uh,
2: take time and pass cars when you can and not force.
0: Absolutely. You need a bit of patience, don't you? Exactly. Right. We're going to move on because there were many moments of this weekend. As I said, what a weekend that Australia or that Aussie Grand Prix looks like. I really want to go. It's just quite expensive to fly to australia isn't it, it is, yeah, it's, it's um, quite a long way as well isn't it <laughs> yeah well that that's not an issue it's, it's more of a financial burden really mm, yeah. um but anyway let's not get too stuck up on that because my moment of the weekend is linked to one of the moments that joe referred to with aston martin and its struggles because during practice sebastian vettel broke down and rather than waiting for the uh, marshals to drive him back to the pits while he sat on the back of the scooter, as drivers usually do, it was like, I'll drive it myself. And he drove along the track and he was back in the pit lane before you knew it. He didn't drive, I must add, during the practice session because that would be plainly dangerous. But he drove immediately after the practice session um, and then left the moped in the pit lane, which gave Ted Kravitz something to get excited about for a few moments. Like, what's going to happen with this moped? (laughs) But anyway, Seb got, uh, he got fined 5,000 euros for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it's worth spending that much money to get back a few minutes earlier, I don't know. But it was a great moment seeing Seb riding on on the moped. Imagine all the drivers having a quick moped round, like seeing how they, they fed equal machinery, moped for moped. Would be interested
1: Because well, I was probably gutted flight. Having to get back Into the The Aston Martin After going on Something that fast
0: <laughs> um, Exactly yeah.
1: Why did he g- it was an expensive Weekend for him as well Wasn't it He got a couple of fines He got, so he got one for something else
0: uh, speeding in the pit lane. Yeah, I know. After they fixed his car. On his moped. His, his teammate having a stupid crash with Latifi gave his team a ch- chance to fix his car. They finally fixed it in the nick of time. He obviously was in a bit of a hurry, too much of a hurry, because he didn't adhere to the speed limit and got another 600 euro fine, I think it was, or something like that. Why did he get a five grand fine? I mean,. Didn't do
2: something that terrible, did he? It wasn't like there's cars on the track. Broke The rules, yeah, but it wasn't like there's cars on the I track. The- is there a rule saying you can't
1: drive a moped on the track? When well, to be fair, I mean Max Verstappen got a fifty grand fine for brushing someone's wing. So- it's different circumstances. I mean-
2: it's towards the end of the season. That's very tense. Yeah, I-, I don't. I
1: don't think how close something should be to the end yeah. is to the end of the season should affect the severity of the fine. True. Yeah. Oh, Seb Vettel's just killed someone but it's first race <laughs> of the season, so it's fine. Yeah. Just stabbed
0: exactly. his main competitor in the pit lane. Yeah. Well well we are on the subject of Sebastian Vettel, but I sense probably for the last time. Don't you think uh, as a traditionalist of f1 he's really done well to make sure that the australian grand prix is his first grand prix of the season going back to the classic <laughs> way of doing things, like, as, doing things properly as he should right um we'll we'll move on to joe's moment of the weekend what was it
1: um i'll just go with the the sort of uh the scrap for the minor points places um i think you had sort of about 8th to eighth to 14th running in about sort of 10 seconds of each other. Um, they it, it lasted most of the race. Um, and it was just really good to see that they could all follow each other, even on a track that's not brilliant for overtaking, they could all follow each other without really overheating or without worry of their tyres going off. Um, and a lot of trading places... Um so yeah it was just a, that I think that was the best bit about the race really um and just very encouraging overall for the state of the sport
0: the reality was it ruined most of their tires and they all fell off the cliff towards the end including Gasly Stroll mm-hmm. uh, Alonso but who would come out on top in the end of course it was reliable Valtteri Bottas
1: Yep, he did Yeah, it looked like I mean, he was down in like Sort of 13th, 14th at one point But he managed to Get his way back up uh, So yeah Good for him
0: Yeah, doing well For Alpha Romeo Jimmy Your moment of the weekend, please
2: My moment of the, the week Is uh, quite a silly one, actually It relates to uh, Practice two uh, And it was Lance No, it was Nicholas Latifi Had his front Wing on his tyre fall off Um, So there's a red flag And then there's a marshal running out to collect it uh, In front of a grandstand He collected it, on the way back He fell over In front of a grandstand and I thought that was quite funny I know it's quite childish but And there's a big whoa from the crowd
0: So I thought that was quite funny Yeah.
1: What an absolute vibe eh Adam See that's
0: not The (laughs) the vibe I'm talking about I'm talking about like the city My Bits of food.
1: What about, what, a bunch of fans going, as Jimmy would say? Wee. Hold on. Yeah.
0: This is coming from the football fan that presumably does wahey every time someone <laughs> falls over in front of him. Yeah. You love that place. You, If, if you actually like the word vibe, you would describe Molyneux, the Wolverhampton ground, as a vibe, wouldn't you? No. But you're only saying that because you don't like the word.
1: Yeah, but that's... I mean, if, if I did like the word, I'd say it all the time. Not just... To, I mean, it's a pointless argument, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 Let's move on, because we have some honourable mentions to make. No one likes being that honourable mention, because they'd rather be the biggest winner. But we have to dish it out, because sometimes that's all they've got left the person i'm giving the honourable by mention finished last on the on the track but he could have been on the podium and that was fernando alonso he could have been on pole position i should say too he he was so unlucky to have that mechanical failure in the final sector of qualifying and it meant he was in the wall rather than at the front of the grid but he then struggled to get back there was a moment he was in fourth place but that was because he didn't pit Uh, while others did, but what a shame. It was good, though, to see Alpine performing so well, especially given that I predicted Alpine would finish last in the championship. Uh, In fact, I noticed, and I'm going to ask you two if you'd noticed this, right, so we got the the top six drivers in the drivers' championship there, Mercedes drivers, Ferrari drivers, Red Bull drivers. Who is best of the rest? Othmane absolutely esther ocon it just shows he should have been an f1 and it's so good that alpine brought him back after um well what is now aston martin dropped him what a change of fortunes they've had there um anyway um what was your or who is getting your honorable mention joe
1: I was tempted to go with Ocon, to be fair, because I thought it was, you know, 7th, went a bit under the radar. He was sort of just clear of that battle that I was mentioned earlier. But at the end of the day, I think he's got to go to Alex Albon. Mm. Pulled, off a, pulled off a ridiculous strategy, really, pitting on the last lap. Um, ran in 7th for a while, obviously, having not pitted, but managed to keep pace with those cars that, are, that are should be faster than him, even on the same tyre, really um and he managed to just eke out enough of a gap on those tires um so that he could come in on the last lap and come out in 10th um so yeah really really good pulling off a very bold strategy with a really solid drive
0: it just shows us Williamses are bold aren't they <laughs> Jimmy, I'm going to have to say Mercedes.
2: Um, I think that they uh, performed better than I expected. To be honest, this this race, especially um, during the race, not so much in qualifying; they're quite far off the pace, but certainly race pace. I mean, at one point, you know, Lewis could have open overtaken Perez, um, and they weren't too far off uh, the Red Bulls. I know Australia is a bit of an unusual track, so it might not be representative, Um, but I think they are extracting performance, and I think there are. uh, yeah, I think there's definitely room for improvement.
1: That was a really sort of odd bit of the race, that where the Merc was faster than the Red Bull. I don't understand, like... Because I wasn't really looking at the gap between Hamilton and Paris. And, or like, I saw Hamilton right behind a car, and I was like, this is not a Red... There's no way he's caught up to a Red Bull. I know what he had. Um... So, yeah, it was, it was just that weird sort of five-lap stint where he was faster. Maybe that's an indication that if they get it sorted, the Mercedes is better on its tyres than the Red Bull. Um, mm. So, who knows? I'm not really sure what happened there. I've
2: got another theory about Mercedes is that they're not running their engines in a high mode. I think they're, they're purposely mm. holding back quite not a lot of performance, but a slight bit of performance. So, later on in the season, they can run at a higher rate um, for
0: the last few races when it hopefully they're more competitive it's a good point like that that seems sensible. Toto Wolf says he's losing sleep um because of the lack of performance that Mercedes are getting hopefully for, for Toto Wolf and probably Susie wolf's sake uh they they get some performance soon because that could become untenable that household otherwise um although having got up in the middle of the night to watch this race, I quite like getting up early. Um, I don't. I
2: oh, find it a bit up. of a
0: struggle, to be honest.
2: I, had to get up, <laughs> I mean, It's so much easier having it in the middle of the day.
1: James, you get up at like this time anyway not this
2: time i usually get up about sort of half seven eight i mean
1: i get up at two in the afternoon how do you think i feel i know
2: but it's like for you it's like midnight isn't it this is like about one or two in the morning for you isn't it no what
1: my current sleep schedule i fall asleep at half five i was looking at 25 minutes sleep wow
2: you're wow crikey you're uh yeah not midnight Yeah You're running on gas Or fumes at the moment Aren't you Gosh Poor chap yeah.
1: Well I managed, to get, I managed to get An hour and a half in So oh, that's, you that's know not, We're doing really it's not well not too
0: bad then Is it no Yeah an
1: hour and a half Famously good night sleep An hour and a half I know yeah
0: Exactly Yeah And it also shows Joe's commitment We've all done our moments Of the uh, Our honourable mentions Haven't we mm-hmm. Because I noticed We didn't shout out George Russell For his first ever podium Um Mm
1: uh, it's not Second though,
0: is podium. it? Well, it's, it's his first podium in which, in a race in which people could overtake.
1: It, yeah. Well, the the statistics will show that he's on two podiums.
0: Yeah, yeah, but. If we're t- looking at statistics, it's difficult to read after the sprint races last time with pole positions not being a. It is true.
1: It is yeah, true. Like, but on the other hand, you do deserve a podium for getting a Williams P two on the grid. You
0: do. You, you do. do. Yeah. I, I I can't <laughs> argue with that. And he probably deserved it more than um, this race. He he did a he did a great drive, but he did get a little bit lucky. But you've got to take the luck mm. sometimes, as we all well, know. Yeah.
1: Um, that's three. That's three times in four races. Hamilton's been uh, disadvantaged by the safety car. Now you've got to you got to feel for him a little bit.
0: Yeah, and while while we're talking about controversial things, pants and piercings.
1: Oh, you've stolen me bloody line of the week. What's your line of the week? Hold on. What's
0: your AJ on the line line of the week, Joe?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. Well. There was an interesting... You might not have heard it. Uh, no one's mentioned it so far. Um, but, yeah, so basically, the uh, the FIA, or whoever it is, is in charge of the day-to-day rules, uh, have decided that this week is a really good week to clamp down on drivers wearing jewellery. It's, it's become <laughs> unacceptable to them, um, and they've just, out of nowhere, it's had to be clamped down upon. Um, and... Lewis Hamilton has said that he has certain piercings that he really just can't take out, that people just don't really know about. Uh, Bottas then responded that uh, the stewards could take it off. Um, And then uh, Verstappen said he would be too heavy if he wore jewellery, with Hamilton responding that he knew he had a nipple piercing. (laughs) So yeah, just overall good, good, good banter, but yeah, really odd that the the FIA seemingly unprompt, like unprompted, have like, decided this is the week to clamp down on uh, on jewellery.
0: There there are big issues in the world, and that's one of them. Piercings this is pants. the
1: week, you know, Jewellery is just really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, t- I tell you what. Well, what? A, first of all, what a lineup in terms of a driver press conference: Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas, Sonoda, and was it who was it? Norris. That, mm-hmm. that was, that, that's a good lineup. I, I listened to those a lot, uh, talk for a while uh, because they come out with interesting things, like looking at Max Verstappen's nipples. Um, but <laughs> another thing, because. While the FIA were really big on jewellery and piercings, they explained that they were also quite het up about pants because drivers hadn't been wearing fireproof pants. Um, and Pierre Gaz, this isn't my... Oh, it wasn't intended to be my line of the week. Uh, this is just adding to Joe's line of the week section. Uh, Pierre Gazzi he said that he doesn't care. Uh, they, they can see him naked if they want to. Um, he has no problem with it. Um the the drivers don't seem to, <laughs> too fussed about this situation, and what also <laughs> it's so funny that we're having this discussion on an F one podcast. But Lewis Hamilton, I watched him; he had his earrings on when he put his balaclava on. So, what? It's not like they can just quickly check the studs before a football match. Like, what are they gonna do? Say, right, strip down on the grid before you get in the car. <laughs> yeah so there must be there must be some discussions in the background where lewis has said no i'm not gonna do that um anyway (laughs) (laughs) we'll move on that was a great line of the week that was a great aj on the line line of the week joe jimmo you're to follow Mine isn't as great, unfortunately,
2: I have to say After that, that's that a cracker That was well done, Joe um, But my AJ on the line, line of the week um, Was uh, Martin Brundle saying uh, If Mercedes get that car hooked up It will be uh, a top uh, front runner um, And I have to agree with them I think it's really poignant Because um, although Mercedes are having trouble I genuinely think there's a great car there um, With the pace it showed in Australia And it's quite quite reassuring that they didn't bring any upgrades this season, this race because it shows that they're taking their time to develop parts which are going to have big, or that's at least my interpretation is they're trying to develop parts which will have a big performance gain. whereas if they uh, brought a new rear wing for instance and it was only marginally better, um, it could hamper different aspects of the car so I think the route they're taking is a very good one and I think that's a, is a very um,
0: good point that Martin Brundle made at the end of the race. And they're under a cost cap, aren't they? So they don't want to be spending money where it's not going to give them them the biggest benefit. Um, And we want a three-car fight, don't we? Six-car, I should say, because there are two drivers per team. But yeah, that is promising. I'm going to stick with Mercedes because... Um, there was an amusing moment, so part of the festival atmosphere of at the Aussie Grand Prix, um, it's a bit like Silverstone in that respect, the drivers, they would come out and speak to the fans in the fan zone um, and have a bit of a and a session and George and Lewis were sat on the stage together having a chat with the Aussies and probably other nations were there, um, I hear it was a, a multitude of nations that were present um anyway george russell was asked who he thought the greatest of all time was he said well i I used to think it was michael schumacher until mr hamilton came along and he's been doing the business ever since to which hamilton responded i did i thought you were talking about my dad then when you said mr hamilton i've never been referred to that before it's sir to you and then the crowd goes oh which i found quite amusing (laughs) like that it, it's a nice card to have up your sleeve isn't it being a sir like you you could yeah. you, you don't need to call me sir lewis hamilton on the commentary but i can just drop that bomb occasionally yeah it's sir uh, it's Sir. Uh, i i like that uh would you how would you use um having Sir in your name, Jimmy. If you, if you had that, would you drop it when you were making, uh I don't know, hotel reservations or stuff Definitely like that? Or,
2: I'd probably use it as much as possible, to be honest. Um, but it depends. I mean, it probably get a bit old at some point, wouldn't it? I don't think you have to. If you bumped into a lord, you'd feel a bit silly, wouldn't you? It's like having a better car than you, isn't it? You know, it's a better title. Say,
0: saying that, any anyone can become a lord if they're friends with Boris Johnson. I, I mean, let's uh, 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 not get bogged down in politics, Adam. You? you know
2: what it's like. It's, oh, you,
1: you made a very Boris Johnson noise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. But yeah,
0: yeah. There were some great AJ on the line, lines of the week yeah. there. However, while the Aussie Grand Prix was spectacular, Imla will be an atmosphere in itself. The Tafosi are there, and they know that a championship could be on the line this time. And let's discuss it on AJ on the line, because we have some predictions to do. Joe, what is your sensible prediction for the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix?
1: Mick Schumacher point. I think he's going to get his first point in F1 uh, in front of the Ferrari fans think that'll be nice for him Also I couldn't find another way of uh, uh, Like another prediction That sort of fit with my bold one So I've kind of gone for a one further back With the grid But yeah, uh, make sure you make a point Sensible prediction
0: Jimster, what, what are we saying? Uh I'm going to go That
2: Mercedes uh, in, uh, Follow their trajectory Of increasing their
0: performance of the car And they'll be closer once again To the front two teams I'm afraid I'm going to disagree with you there, Jimmy. I oh dear yeah because my, here's, here's my thinking. Unless Mercedes have an upgrade, well they have got an upgrade coming, so it might I might be completely wrong here, but Mercedes seem to be struggling in the slower speed corners um, even more, and it's going to be quite a slow track in Imola uh, with well it's tight twisty corners, isn't it? So I can see them struggling quite a bit. Um, mm. But what I can see is Red Bull doing quite well because they seem to have less porpoising, very smooth car throughout. So I'm going to go for a Sergio Perez win because the car seems to be suiting him more than Max Verstappen. It does, uh, yeah. I tell you, it,
1: Perez was almost yeah. He was Charles faster Leclerc than Max is
0: Verst- better than Max Verstappen today. He was
1: not sure. I quite agree with that.
2: I think Max is struggling more than Perez. I think I think that's a fair fair comment. Well, actually.
1: I think you'll find that in all three races, it's been Max that's been much closer to Charles Leclerc. Not
0: in qualifying yeah, but race. Numbers sorry. speak for themselves, Joe. Look at yeah look one at the lap. Championship.
1: He followed him the whole race in Bahrain, the whole race in Jeddah, eventually getting him, and the whole race to he was much closer than Perez was today until his car went. So I don't, I'm not sure I agree with. I you. don't know. I think he. I'm not sure one lap makes up for the entirety of all the races.
0: Well, you can't change my sensible prediction, Joe.
1: (laughs) I can't change your sensible prediction, that's fine. But I can't think you can say that Paris is going better than Max this season. That's ridiculous.
0: Um, Yeah, listen, what is going to be your bold prediction, Joe?
1: I'm going to go for the Ferraris are going to take each other. Out of the race. That's going to be painful in front of an Italian. I think this season has started a bit too well for them. I think science knows that his time's running out. If he wants to maintain sort of equal driver status, he needs to. um, He needs. He needs to beat Leclerc soon to narrow the points gap. Imola's one of those tracks you're not just going to sail past in the DRS zone. You're going to have to do it into turn one. I see the Ferraris coming together while one and two in front of their home fans. Yeah, it's just uh, started a bit too well for them.
0: (laughs) If 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 Joe's crystal ball is accurate, then that could be spicy. Like the picanto pizza. That you might order I don't even know if that's a I think it's Spanish um, <laughs> We'll move on quickly Jimmy your bold prediction If you will My prediction is along
2: the same lines as Joe However it is the first collision Involving Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc I think Max Verstappen Has got to a point where he's Very far behind Charles Leclerc uh, And as a result he'll need to get his uh, Elbows out And I think if we remember last year with uh, the the same race, Max Verstappen pushed Lewis wide. Um, If the same thing happens and Leclerc's in Lewis's place, I don't think he'll be as forgiving. Or he may be. He may be sensible and concede it because he's got such a big lead. But I don't think that he will. uh, And I think there might be a collision at Turn
0: 1. That could also be spicy in a different way. It could. Well, it would mean that Max Verstappen's only finished a quarter of the races, but yeah. um, Mm. It could be interesting if that were to occur. Um, My bold prediction, I see Haas doing well. So I'm going to say Kevin Magnussen top five. It, It didn't work for me when I said Ricardo top five this time around. I was close, but let's see. How close i get this time well i'm going to let you go to bed joe and i'm going to let what are you doing for the rest of the day jimmy not too sure i got it quite early so i don't know just chill out a bit going back to bed as well probably no i I don't know maybe yeah we'll have to wait and see um whatever you are doing whatever you are doing listening we'll let you get back on with your day but we hope that you have enjoyed listening to this review of the Australian Grand Prix in 2022 it has been a wonderful weekend and we appreciate you listening to all of our thoughts if you want any more content don't hesitate to go to ajontheline.com for bits of content there you can also follow us on TikTok, it's ajontheline Twitter Twitter aj underscore on the underscore line and instagram adam jw44 join us in two weeks time when we review the immelo grand prix but for now thank you for listening my name's adam they've been joe and jimmy or should i say jc and jimmo good day or see you later i don't know what the australian goodbye is